You are listening to Zero E Michigan with Carl Bloss and Larry Hudson. On this show, we try to explore and simplify what's happening with electric vehicles, energy generation, and zero emissions topics with a focus on our home state of Michigan. Together with our guests, we demystify topics related to driving electric in Michigan and how you can select, charge, maintain, and get the maximum value out of your EV. This podcast is sponsored by Consumers Energy and the Power My Drive program. Start your EV journey at consumersenergy.com slash EV. Welcome back to the Zero E Michigan podcast. I'm Carl Bloss and my co-host is... Larry Hudson. We're just coming off of Thanksgiving weekend, and so we have a lot to be thankful for. And in particular, I saw this article by Jennifer Sensiba in Clean Technica called EV Charging. We have a lot to be thankful for. So kind of like our EV Joy episode that Larry and I did a while back, I wanted to, to dwell a little bit on the positives. You know, we hear a lot of complaining these days from EV folks that um, there isn't enough charging, it's not being built out fast enough, there are reliability issues. But if I think back to, you know, the early days, 2011, 2012, even 2015, things were so much different and... You know, we were grateful to get a level one plug, and now it's it seems like it's uh, it's advanced quite a bit. We still get this complaining. So anyway, I wanted to dwell on the positives. Thankfulness versus gratitude. I looked up this definition where thankfulness is an emotion. Gratitude is an attitude of appreciation under any circumstance. So we're we're somewhere in that area. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is EVs in general. Uh, I was just running a little errand tonight and I went past a gas station and I see the people's trudging around in the snow and, um, you know, getting their gas. And here I am, I pull into my garage, uh, just plug in where it's dry. I don't need to to stop at a gas station. Uh, I don't need to pay for the expensive gas. I know it's back down to three bucks a gallon, um, but it's still cheaper to drive electric when charging at home. You know, we sometimes forget that for daily commuting, even a short-range EV, my uh, Nissan Leaf with 70 miles of range, is already so much better than a gas car. Um, you just plug it in at night. Uh, you know, the, the the joke is, how long does it take you to charge? 10 seconds, right? Five seconds to plug in, five seconds to unplug. What happens right. in the middle? I don't really care. So, uh, Larry, what do you think about that? You know, I've always hear uh, attitude of gratitude. And, you know, uh, sometimes you are encouraged even to do a gratitude list because I, I don't know if it's just human nature, but right. We can start complaining pretty quick. Uh, I, I spent a year down in Australia and you think beaches and being able to go out and get fresh scallops. But even after doing that for months on end, you know, it can, you can find something to complain about. I, I know what you're saying with this EV movement. We get so complacent and how nice it is that, you know, even if you don't get to come in a warm garage, but you get out of your car, you plug it in. You don't have to get out, put gas in, get back in, get back out, take the gas out. You know what I mean? All that. You just go home, get out of your car, plug it in, and you're done. No no, no fuss, no muss. So just that, that uh, what is that? That's uh, just practicality, convenience. I'm super grateful for it. And I always look look forward to it. And I still get a positiveness that my money is staying in my community, going to the local power company, not some oil baron somewhere, you know? 
Yeah. So no, that's a, that's a great attitude. I was also going to mention maintenance. So the last time that I went to the Tesla service center in Grand Rapids was for a trunk or treat event. It wasn't to get the car fixed. And that was back in October. And my car hasn't been there since I picked it up in March of this year. Um, and similarly, my 2022 Kia Nero EV has not been back to the dealer since I picked it up. Now, I've had new tires put on, um, but because I wanted the Michelin Cross Climate 2, so, you know, a little sidebar here, if you're an EV driver, um, look into winter tires, and we have a video on that. I can link that in the show notes below, and maybe even if, up here if I can figure out how to do that. Um <laughs> But um, but other than that, the vehicle hasn't been there. I've I kind of do everything myself. And yes, every once in a while you do do need to have something done. Um, I have a window seal that's kind of not the greatest seat, uh, so I'm probably going to have to get that looked at. But but uh, right, that's not exclusive yeah. to electric cars. No. There's a lot of ice cars that also people that never have to take back. But yeah. still, the, I, the the convenience I really do enjoy that. Yeah. Again, not having to stand in the slush. That to me, um, I don't know. To me, it's a big deal. Maybe it's silly, but I. No, know. no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing I was just thinking about too, uh, fumes, you know, uh, that's not good for you. <laughs> you know, have you ever put gas in your car and not had face full of fumes? I don't. Yeah. Every time, you you know, you go there. But uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. I sometimes follow a car. And I can smell the gas, um, you know, because they probably have a leaking fuel line or something. And the first thing I think is, well, I know it's not me because <laughs> I don't have any gas in my car. <laughs> I find it more like, especially old classics, they'll go by and it just it's just amazing on how they'll just stink up a four lane highway, you know, and the car's blocks away and I'm still smelling the rich. It's not quite burning fuel. But also the other thing I was going to say that I do think is exclusive is the electric, uh, you know, attraction control is way better than most ICE cars. I'd have to say all ICE cars. So there's another positive that we just take for granted. Don't even think about it. But, you know, on icy roads, it's a lot better at doing the traction control because it's not having to, you know, what, you know, all the, the mechanical fuel injection to an engine. and yeah. Yeah, 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 throttle body and going through all this to get the power to move. It can just do, I thought I remember hearing someone say an uh, electric car can do it, uh, you know, like a hundred times in a minute more than what ice cars can. Yeah. So I don't know. I how don't know the stats, but it makes sense because again, you're not, there's no mechanical linkage to a combustion engine, to a drive shaft, something like that. The electric Right, right. So that's, a, that's a, great, a great point at this time of the year. We just had our first snowstorm. And there's just nothing, it's so assuring, so comfortable that it's, you know, that much better on the traction. And then you mentioned putting on good tires, you know. Yeah, which again is not really specific to an EV. An EV tends to be very heavy, um, but it'll grab much better with with winter tires. Maybe one other, you know, I think we're diverging from the topic a little bit, but since we're talking about winter, uh, one thing, if you do drive an EV and you're new to this, you may want to think about turning your region to a lower level if you're able to do that uh, when it's really snowy out. And the reason is if you, uh, you know, in a panic, take your foot off the accelerator, the region, if it's strong, could kick in 
and then actually lock up the tires. Now, typically EVs, modern cars will have anti-lock brakes, but still um, a better way to do it is actually to, to uh, step back the regen a little bit. I know our Kia has like four different levels with a Tesla. I think it's either on or off or, you know, two different levels. But uh, think like on the Volt that you have, you've got the drive and you've got the low, right? So, right. And the only time I ever find that an issue is on that black, those black ice days, a couple times a year when it's like crazy slick. I notice it's an issue, but yeah. So back on topic, I want to talk about infrastructure too. So, and I, and I mentioned earlier, you know, if you think back a couple of years and in, in Jennifer's article, she made the, the same kind of point. So for me, it, let's say I'm going to go back to 2015. At that point, I had a 2012 Nissan Leaf, 70 miles of range. I had just gotten a 2015 Tesla Model S. So I was like, man, I got this long range EV now. And um, I was planning a trip from Kansas City, where I lived at the time, to Branson, Missouri. So the family wanted to go there, go see some shows. Um, and there was no supercharger and certainly no other DCFCs along the way, like in Springfield, Missouri, which would have been along the way. So I remember... I was super nervous. Um, I left the southern part of Kansas City where there was a DC fast charger. And I remember using my Chatamo adapter and topped it back up to 100%. And then we're going like 60 miles an hour on a 70 mile an hour road because there really weren't any other chargers along the way. I'm like, man, what happens if that hotel that's listed on PlugShare, if their charger isn't working? Then I'm like totally screwed. Oh, anyway. Long story short, that all worked out. I got to the I got to Branson with like forty percent battery charge. So I mean, I could have gone faster. The hotel was no problem, plugged right in. Um, and now you know, fast forward. Now when I go on road trips, I basically can pick from which DC fast charger do I want to stop at. Is this one more convenient? For example, I often pass through Lansing. It's about a hundred miles from where I am. Though that's probably about the time that. I want my first pit stop and a coffee. So now I can pick between two Tesla superchargers um, and like three other DC fast chargers in the whole Lansing area. So now it's like, well, I think today I want to go to Meyer. I want to pick up a baguette and some cheese and make some uh -huh. coffee. And this one has a, a Big B coffee. So I'm going to stop there because I like that one better. So, I mean, we have choices now. Um, and then another story along those lines so back when when I moved from Kansas City to Michigan in 2018, at this point, I now had traded my 2012 Nissan Leaf for a 2016. Um, and when we moved, you know, getting the Tesla up to um, to Michigan really wasn't a big deal, except that stretch between Kansas City and St. Louis was like about 200 miles. It was actually Independence, Missouri, which is just west of Kansas City, and then St. Charles which is just east of St. Louis. So it was about 200 miles and the car had, you know, nominally 250 miles of range. And of course, that's a little bit overstated, especially on the highway. And again, that was a bit of a stretch, a little bit of a, well, okay, am I going to have to stop for a level two charger or something like that? Well, and then I remember with the Tesla club in Kansas City at some later date, we did uh, like a ribbon cutting with Tesla in Columbia, Missouri, which is right in the middle. And I remember that one was kind of like the virtual golden spike along that I-70 corridor. So now, right, right. you know, it was all doable. So anyway, I got the, I got the Tesla up to Michigan 
but I, I left my 2016 Nissan Leaf, which had nominally 100 miles of range, but, you know, realistically more like 90 miles. I was like, I'm too cheap to get this thing transported up to Michigan. So I'm going to drive it. Right. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I got to plan this trip out. And at that point, again, remember, this is 2018 now, already three years after 2015. Um, the only DC fast chargers were in the St. Louis area and in the Chicago area along my, my route. So everything else had to be level two chargers. And at one point I even stopped at a campground and I had packed my juice box with a NEMA 1450. So I went to the campground. They were actually listed on PlugShare, and they said they took 10 bucks for a charge. And sure enough, that's what I did. I went in there, gave the guy 10 bucks, sat at the picnic table. And it took me two and a half days basically to drive the car those wow. whatever it was is it 700 miles um how long did you spend at the campground i only spent uh about an hour there because it was really bridging a gap um so he was, made some good just, money for his his yeah, 10 dollars I, I know it was, it's ridiculous i mean he i probably used like a dollar 50 worth of electricity so <laughs> but hey i i didn't have to call a tow truck and um you know it was quite the experience i still use that picture i think today. that's most people arc are would rather pay that little extra and i just think we probably have to right we're just weird we like that challenge because i'm still surprised even today you know ram we did that episode ram's gonna have 150 100 to 150 miles on their truck with the v6 and i'm telling anybody i thought that might be interested and they all the number one oh i have to stop and plug in or i gotta plug in when i get home you know well, <laughs> it's still a hard sale and and, and then that that vehicle is even a range extended EV, so a plug-in hybrid, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And I see you, you could put gas to, in it. So, but but you would be it would be stupid not to take advantage of this fuel that's a quarter of the cost or even a fifth of the cost, depending where you know where you live. I, I think people have this idea that you plug in at home and then you sit there next to the car while it's charging or something. I don't I don't know what they're thinking, right? It, I mean, it's like your cell phone; you plug it in. So yeah. Anyway. I don't know how to convey that. I think the only way you can do that is to get butts and seats or, you know, people that. Well, and I did that. I rented, yeah. I rented my sister's a Tesla for the day. I should, I guess I should rent it for the week because uh, they still, yeah, that was kind of fun, but they had to go find a supercharger, right? So they could get fast instead of just plugging it home. Mm -hmm. So they went and did that. And then they were nervous about returning it, you know, with less than what they got because you know in turo there's a fee if you don't return it so mm -hmm. they didn't you know they probably left 50 miles extra just to make sure that the guy didn't hit him up you know hey what happened to our gratitude attitude of gratitude. i know <laughs> um well i don't know i'm i'm still i'm thankful for the fact that we have much more infrastructure so if i think back if i had to make that same trip today i actually mapped it out on, on PlugShare today um, and if I still drove that Nissan Leaf with, you know, let's say 70 miles of highway range, there's only one stretch between Kansas City and Chicago where I I I couldn't hop between DC fast chargers. So that to me alone is is amazing. Now you have to put aside the fact that the the Leaf actually had this rapid gate problem that when you charge DC fast charge it more than like three times in a row, the battery would overheat and it would slow down. But but fundamentally you could do that, which brings me to the next point was when we upgraded that car, we went for the, the Kia Nero. And now, 
you know, in terms of thankfulness, I mean, that car is a game changer too. So now you have more infrastructure, plus now the vehicles themselves that are reasonably priced, you know, Chevy Bolt, Kia Nero, all these other ones that are a little bit on the kind of lower end of the spectrum. Okay, they're not cheap, cheap, but they're more affordable. And now instead of going this airport run Muskegon to Grand Rapids that we do, uh, and then back with the old Leaf, I probably had to do a little DC fast charge somewhere in the middle, like Walker, Michigan was one of my favorites. But now with the Nero, we're making these runs back and forth. And that car has almost exclusively been charged at home. It's our regional driver. My my son drives that car to college at Grand Rapids. So he takes it. He's there for a week or two, comes home on the on following weekend. He doesn't even have to charge it, you know, in, in public. And we charge it at the cheapest possible rate at home. Um, so anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm super grateful for that. Again, it makes it so much easier. Then it's less dependent on the public charging infrastructure, freeing it up for others. So I I kind of feel like this is coming together. We, you know, we whine about it a little bit. And man, I'd love to be able to use the Tesla supercharger network. Um, but you can still do it. Uh, maybe one other anecdotal story. I have a a uh, colleague uh, from Consumers Energy that um, he recently took his Kia Nero from Lansing to Escanaba up in the Upper Peninsula. And so right. there's Escanaba. a pretty big stretch between Mackinac City and Escanaba. It's like 150 miles. And that's the first time he'd done anything like that. So he's texting me, right? Like, oh, how much should I charge at, at Mackinac City? And uh, what about there's that one place in the middle Hotel Nobin Way, right? They got a Tesla charger. Well, I brought my adapter, not not a supercharger, but it's it's like, oh man, but they charge 20 bucks an hour. I don't know, but I think I can make it. I'm still gonna take this car. Well, in the end, he ended up getting to Escanaba with like 30% left. So nowhere near running out. And this is already, you know, this week. It was cold. What, right. What car was it? The Kia Nero, almost identical to mine. Uh, nice. Nero EV. Escanaba's cool. I, I used yeah. to pick up potatoes there from handsome seed yep. potatoes. So, But it's pretty flat. It's pretty flat up it's there. It's flat, but up there you get headwind, right? So if you're driving west and you're getting headwind, that's going to cut into your range. And again, it's cold. And on Route 2, you know, it's, what's the speed limit? 70, but everybody goes 75, right? So you, you don't want to be that guy that's driving 55. Um, so... Uh, but but he made it and the infrastructure is there. You know, can we use one somewhere in the middle there? In um, I'm trying to think what's in the middle there. Um, Munising, right, is was one. A um, couple other places where, man, we sure could use some DC fast charging or even just level two. But it's coming. It's, it's coming. And, and he was grateful I, he could do it and he didn't have to take his gas car. And then maybe one other thing, uh, free chargers and... I'm a little bit um, ambivalent about this because I always say free charging is unsustainable. You know, sooner or later, somebody has to pay for something. And we talked about this a little bit in our um, movie theater episode. You know, what's the business case for somebody? You know, there are still businesses and municipalities out there that offer free charging. Here in Muskegon, all the downtown charges are free. But of course, the idea is people are going to come in and and spend money in, in the downtown. And I think it does work for the most part, right? I think it. Yeah, it's just not trackable. Uh, you know, um, that that's part of the problem is is businesses will put this in or municipalities and they're like, hey, I'm spending money on this and I don't 
I don't see the payback, but that's because you don't see the person that's charging and going in and spending money. Um, you know, there's a, there's a guy that had, has this business uh, called charge deals where you, he puts QR codes and has coupons for local businesses. Um, and the idea is there also to track a little bit, you know, first of all, to get people out of their car, spend some money in the community, but also track and say, Hey, this person actually got out, got out of the car, spent money at a coffee shop, spent money at a restaurant, um, and, or a hotel or whatever. And then you can go back to other municipalities and say, Hey, look, we have data that shows that EV drivers coming into communities will so actually stimulate your economy. So when you get out, it's just a little sign there and you just take your phone, you click it and boom, there's the coupon. There's the coupon. Yeah. Um, I think he's mostly in the, on the West side of the, or the East side of the state right now. I'll put it a, a link in the show notes. It's called yeah, Char I know charge deals. Um, and down in three rivers portage area, we've talked about trying to do something like that too, yeah. because it is, it is easy advertisement there. That's a good idea. I didn't think about the QR code, though. That was a, a twist. We were just going to, you know, let people advertise, you know, whatever. Yeah, but part of the point is actually to track it, not just for the businesses, um, but but so that, you know, he would collect a little bit of data, you know, anonymous, of course. Um, we don't want to big brother people, um, but just to, to let municipalities and businesses know that when EV drivers I mean, come yeah, to town, yeah, they're it, spending it, money. If a coffee shop finds out, hey, we had a hundred more customers from the charger, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's then they can then they can go to their chamber of commerce and say, hey, that EV charger over there is busted. We're losing business because the EV drivers aren't coming anymore. Please go and fix that, right? And mm -hmm. so the adopt the charger. I think we mentioned them before. You know, if, um, again, I'll put a link in the show notes. But what they do is they get um, money from donors which can be businesses, it can be EV clubs, things like that, get together and put in chargers that are free to charge, um, you know, to make this yeah. whole thing a little bit easier. And they're actually much more reliable. So a little bit of angel investors. And I know, you know, the Tesla community and the EV community, I'm sure there'd be some people that would be willing to kick in a couple of bucks here and there just to, you know, serve the, the EV community. So I did want to touch on that, you know, it's not all rainbows and unicorns in the EV space. Um, you know, there's lots to be done in the charging infrastructure. I, I don't want to downplay that. Um, but I think it's coming. Uh, again, when I moved here in 2018, I, there were no DC fast chargers north of the, the I-96 corridors. And I mean, look at it now, pull up PlugShare and look at all the orange dots. Even if you uh, eliminate the Tesla superchargers, there's so many more. Um, and level two chargers. So a uh, lot, lot to be grateful for there. But Oh, I got one too. Yeah. When you, when you first suggested this the other day about being grateful, I'm grateful that BP and I, I think some other, maybe it is GM bought the, the hardware from Tesla for their chargers. So, you know, they're recognizing that whatever Tesla's doing, they figured out how to make a, uh, a reliable charger mm -hmm. where it seems like charge point is like, make us a good charger that will last just a month past the two year contract. You know what I'm saying? They're like built. <laughs> yeah. It just seems that way. I really, I'm not impressed with, they seem kind of slimy, but anyways, uh, I'm just I mean, grateful to hear that companies see, see competition, that. right? A little bit of competition. Um, 
I see that too with, um, you know, I made the video about the the Flying J travel centers with the EVGO stations with the pull through and all that. A lot of those are popping up. So um, shout out to Walter at the Network Architect channel. He's tracking all that. I'll put a link into in his channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really some cool stuff happening there. Um, but yeah, competition, you know, so then the people that are putting stations out there that are not reliable are going to get left behind. And so, you know, that's something else that, that we can be grateful for, that there is a lot more interest than there used to be. And so now we're, we're starting to see some competition. And um, before I forget, yeah. with the attitude of gratitude. So I had, you know, and, and if you're struggling with this, uh, one guy, uh, get, get start writing, you know, a gratitude list. And I was struggling. How do you get started? And I would just, he says, just ABC it. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, just start out something with, okay, I'm grateful for apples. And then B, bananas, and C, carrots. And But I never made it to Z where I didn't get, you know, just start really feeling grateful for things. But yeah. we can be stuck as humans. I think that might be human nature to get stuck in this negative. And that attitude of gratitude is super helpful, healthy. It's a good deal. And I'm glad you thought of this, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we have to do that. Um, let's see. A, there's chargers in ADA. B, the new Blink charger, <laughs> C, charge point right next to my house, uh, you know, and on it goes. So anyway, yeah, 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 cool. so we'll end there on a positive note. Um, if there's anything you and the EV community are grateful for, thankful for, especially this time of year, uh, put it in the comments. Um, if you don't give think it a thumbs is, up, uh, yeah, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel and we'll, we'll bring you more content. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Carl. If you enjoyed or learned from this episode of Zero E Michigan, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Visit our YouTube channel for other related videos at youtube.com slash at the number zero E dash Michigan.